From FasterMind.co, this is Converge, the Business of Creativity podcast. I'm Dane Sanders. Converge is a show about that space, that tension between the stuff you make and making money or something valuable from your stuff. The show lives where creativity and business collide, giving all of us the opportunity to rethink how we work and live in the digital economy. Do you remember like that summer, like going into seventh or eighth grade, your life felt like this beautiful, endless summer where you had not a worry in the world. And I really think that if you take the time and got your financial stuff together and addressed it, you could get that feeling back. If there's one mantra I hear more often from creatives in business, it's this, I'm no good at the business side. It's amazing how consistent it is, and when I've drilled down a little further, I've come to discover that people mean a lot of different things by that kind of statement, but often, what they're describing are the numbers. How much do I actually make? Am I even profitable? My bookkeeper gives me a P&L. How do I read one of those? What's a P&L again? You get the point. Fear of the unknown can traumatize all of us, and here's good news number one. You and I are not alone. And here's good news number two. My guest today is going to make your life a whole lot less scary. Paco de Leon is a musician who happens to be killer at finance. She has spent most of her career working with creatives who also do business. In response to the disparity between talent with art and talent with a spreadsheet, she created the Hell Yeah Group, a financial firm focused on inspiring creatives to get fierce with their personal and business finances. And more importantly, to give them the tools and support to stop freaking out so much. Paco lives here in Los Angeles, California, and plays in a band called Sweet Bump It. She also rides her bike nearly every day. Friends, she is one of us. But here's my prediction. By the time we're done today, you'll be so unfreaked out about your numbers that you just might catch a fresh vision for what it could look like to break through that invisible ceiling you've created for yourself around money. Paco, thank you so much for being on Converge. My absolute pleasure. One of my favorite things about not only kind of who you are, but what you do for people is you treat people like they're smart. And <laughs> what what's amazing to me is uh, creatives understand their kind of creative intelligence when they're making things. But when it comes to the number side of the equation, it's striking to me how many creatives, it's almost like these good people turn a corner and they go from like this sense of like confidence and they know what they're doing. And then all of a sudden they get really insecure and they feel unintelligent. Let's start there. Like creatives aren't unintelligent, <laughs> yet so many of us when it comes to finances feel like we aren't smart. Why is that? I mean, I see the same same exact thing, but the complete opposite when it comes to people in business for better or for worse. I studied business and I went into business. I worked in offices with business people and I absolutely felt frustrated by them. And one of the things with them is they, they swore they were not creative. And I believe every person is creative. It's whether or not you're going to answer that call and you're going to go to that discomfort of trying to figure out how am I going to create? What do I want to create? What's my voice? Why am I here? And I think the same thing goes with math and with numbers. It's a matter of like, okay, what is the problem? How can I solve this conceptually? Like, 
what are the basic arithmetic or maybe even algebra to help me get to solving the problem. All of life is a giant word problem. Remember like seventh and eighth grade math where it'd be like, Johnny has a cement bucket full of this and he wants to mix it with another bucket full of rocks. And if he does like 50% this and 75% that, what is mixture C? Which is a horrible, horrible, horrible word problem because that's pretty much not relatable to everyone except for like fucking contractors. But that was what we were taught. What I realized is figuring out your stuff in life and in business is the same. It's the same thing. It's just conceptualizing the problems in a way that's relatable or understandable and laying it out in a format that makes sense. So how did you get to this conversation? I mean, you're just a musician <laughs> and all of a sudden right out of the gate, even that your word examples, you're, you're a teacher, you're a finance guru. You're like, you, you have a really eclectic background that you've honed into a particular task, even your, your branding, your marketing aesthetic, like you just strike Thank me you. as, as kind of a Renaissance person, help people understand a little of what got you to today. What are you doing? Yeah, I think it was mostly luck and timing. I attribute a lot of where I am today to taking the time to sit quietly with myself and try to think bigger picture, which when I first started, when I decided to study finance, I didn't think about that. I didn't sit quietly and I didn't think like, what do I want the vision of my life to look like? And what's my purpose here on earth? Not at all. I was totally just like, oh shit, I have to do something. And my parents are like, they worked so hard to get to this country and to put me through private school. And they, all they wanted was for me to get a degree and I don't want to disappoint them by getting a degree that's going to be completely useless. So I did like that knee jerk reaction and I studied something that was quote unquote practical. So I picked finance and I was not smart enough at the time to realize like, Hey dude, you're going to these finance courses, but you pretty much ditch class as much as possible. Try to just get that strong B without any work. And all you do is like smoke weed and hang out with your musician friends and like make music and try to learn every instrument there is. At the time, I was not bright enough to realize like, hey, maybe you should pursue something creative. But I'm so, 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 so deeply grateful that I was not smart enough to figure that out because there's not a snowflake's chance in hell that I would be where I am today if I didn't do that. So kept going into business courses, got my degree, tricked these uh, this small business and consulting firm into hiring me as the executive assistant. Didn't really have any real practical, like useful skills. I had skills like I worked at a bank doing collections, which is hilarious and very useful in terms of getting comfortable calling strangers and getting comfortable talking to strangers about money, let alone asking them for money. So that was, I'm so grateful for that experience. But I finally got like practical expertise, learning how to run businesses day to day, learning how to start them up and like real, 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 real boring, practical stuff. Like what the hell is sales tax? How do you pay it? Who do you pay it to? When is it due? All that real, real boring, but totally, absolutely useful information. And also, also, I think throughout my career, I've just somehow have an ability to really stomach boring shit. Like I'm just good at suffering and enduring through really, really <laughs> boring stuff. And I, maybe it's my, it's gotta be the curiosity. Cause I'm just, at the end of the day, I've the reason why I've been able to play in a band for like 15 years, the reason why I am the founder of multiple companies including a nonprofit. The reason why I probably get up every day is because I'm so deeply curious about what happens when you try to do things and you take a creative approach and you have a great attitude and you find people, you know, you like to work with, you like to solve problems with. So 
ultimately like the overarching 50,000 foot view of how I got to where I am is because I'm so curious right now. What I'm curious about is, is it possible to build a sustainable business model in the financial services industry that is completely revolutionary, meaning it's not really been done before. Yeah. That's really what I'm trying to figure out. Is it sustainable and will it be fulfilling for me? Uh, But anyway, so after I did the small business consulting, I jumped and I started doing wealth management at a financial planning firm. They were managing about half a billion dollars. I really, really, really learned really important stuff there. I learned how to talk to basically any person, like rich old white dude who like, when you look at us, we look like we wouldn't have anything in common. Cause like I'm a tiny little triple minority person. And I could talk to you with just an old fat, rich white dude about, about his investment portfolio. I mean, I could talk to anyone about anything and that was such an important skill set to learn there. And then I learned everything practical. Like how do you structure a retirement plan for somebody who's a, a self-employed creative person? Super practical stuff, right? You know, how do you talk to lawyers? Like what questions do you ask lawyers about trust documents? Who the fuck knows that stuff? Like, I really got a really good training. And again, I really attribute that to like just being able to stomach really boring stuff. And eventually my creative friends started to do well in their careers to the point where it wasn't before they would just, they wouldn't ask me any questions because they were like, I have negative money. I owe a lot of money. Like there's no way you can help me except tell me to figure out how to earn money. Eventually my friends got successful enough where they were coming to me and they were asking me questions. And I was like, Oh God, if I try to answer this question, the way that every other person in finance answers questions to normal people, your eyes will literally glaze over. You might punch me in the mouth for how boring of a conversation I just tried to have with you and you won't get it. Most importantly, you'll probably be turned off to this and that will put you in a worse financial situation because you're, you'll just be so disengaged. So I found that to be really, really intriguing. And I was like really challenged by trying, having, trying to figure out like, how do you explain all the different types of taxes there are to your friends? How do you explain like how taxes work to your friends who are, again, they're not, these people are not stupid. They're brilliant motherfuckers. These are some of the most brilliant people putting some, some innovative, imaginative, beautiful, just they're putting out what is culture in our society, which is wildly important. And they just need things to be illustrated in a way that makes sense to them. And I, I'm just super intrigued by that. And I feel really privileged to be able to hang out with some of these people. They're so, so busy working all the time. They're putting out their life's work. And I realize that they don't have time to grab a beer sometimes because they're so busy working. And the way that I get into their lives is by being this person, educating them about finance. And it's fun. I'm having such a damn blast doing it. And that's that's kind of how I got to where I am, actually. Hmm. It's striking to me on a lot of levels. Uh, the question is really, you know, how did you discover you? had these like hidden hidden financial ninja skills but what i'm hearing you describe is not just a skill set around you know finance you learn that and and, and it's funny because a lot of folks can learn the stuff but what i'm struck by is there's a broader skill set that you're tapping into and it's like you have translation skills you have even like street cred as a skill set like my son always tells me like that when i'm nervous about him going to a, you know a show or whatever he's like dad dad i'm i'm pretty smart on the street. Like I know what I'm doing, which makes me both excited and terrified uh, that he totally. has a skill set. <laughs> but when I think about my son and pulling kind of street cred as a skill, street smarts, uh, translation, the, the body of knowledge that you have in particular, and you, you put all that together. I'm a big fan of what I call the unorthodox creative. And I think you embody that in some extraordinary ways. And 
I actually believe that the unorthodox creative, somebody who pulls from several different skill sets, disciplines, whatever, and mashes it into something unique, they have a kind of ridiculous competitive advantage in the era that we're in and are going into. And I'm curious if you agree and if, if anything you, you want to add to that. I totally, absolutely, 100% agree. I wish that I could tell you that I'm brilliant and I'm a genius. And I was like, listen, Dane, I knew what I was doing from day one and I planned this out. <laughs> But I'm not. I'm really not that smart. And I think a lot of people want to give me a lot of credit for positioning myself where I am with my niche and what I'm providing. But I'm not that smart. Again, a lot of it is luck and a lot of it is timing, if not all of it is luck and timing. But it's funny because when I tell people, I've, I think I've honed down my, my elevator pitch to really appeal to the people that it needs to appeal to. And like right now, 95% of the time when I give my elevator pitch, the person sitting across from me starts to salivate as if they want to jump on me and eat me. Like they are, it's, it's so attractive. And I think you're right. It's because one, I just, I'm pulling from all these different areas of life and figuring out how to smush them all together and become a useful person in society. That's helpful. I, that's really what I'm trying to do. I think if everyone, if everyone did that, if everyone looked to all the different things that they're learning and figured out a way to kind of weave it together, they would also see that their businesses would be enriched and be, there will be people will be clients will knock down the door and it's good for your relationships. It's, it's a really interesting way to live life for sure. Absolutely. Uh, on a related note, like I'm curious when you think of those folks that want to come your way, like they want to get the help and they, they've kind of articulated that they're in the right position to get it. Uh, they, they, they're jumping over that table, <laughs> so to speak. Uh, I'm guessing that even though they want you, I'm curious, are there certain folks that come your way and you're like, yeah, they're not, they're not quite ready or tons. How do you discern? Like, and it really is a question more for the listeners. Like how can they tell when they're ready and when they're not to get financial help? Right. Okay. So there's like all sorts of levels of financial help that you can get. And the way that I've bifurcated the way that my business works is so that I could try to serve as many of those people as I can. And my business is a response to why, what I think is wrong with the financial services industry. So let me preface it with that. If you're super, super rich and you have so much money, like you're just like crapping gold coins, you should probably go to like a legitimate financial advisor, somebody who manages money to help you figure that out. If you're listening and you're like, yo, I'm super scared, you're speaking my language, I want to work with you, but I don't know if it makes sense to, I have a bunch of services on my website. So, and it's to, it's, it's to help people at different levels. I, I put out a monthly, a weekly newsletter with links that I think are very useful from all around the interwebs. And I also put out blog posts once or twice a week. And the goal with those blog posts is to give out as much valuable information to people who cannot afford to to pay my hourly rate or to retain my services. So if you are totally lost and you're like, where do I even get started? There's a free email course that I have, and I'm about to release a free ebook that will just walk you through the 10 steps of understanding what financial health and like what, what is finance and what are the things I should, you should be thinking about and how should you prioritize all of the things under this umbrella. And then from there, if you're like, whoa, I'm doing all of these things beautifully then you probably don't need my help or anyone else's help. You maybe just need to, you know, figure out how to tweak certain areas and just revisit it on a quarterly basis or something like that. If you're totally lost and you haven't done your tax returns, you're like the one person I want to run away from because you're a complete mess. Uh, but you're also the person that needs the most help. And one session that I really love is something that we do called the budgeting session. This is basically 
focused on cash flow, money coming in and money going out. And I realized that this is one place that a lot of creatives are super confused about, especially small business owners or people who are freelancing. Uh, what we do is we'll take like six months of your last, the last six months of your expenses and your income. We'll nerd out and we'll put into a spreadsheet that's beautiful and hopefully not overwhelming. And what we'll do is we'll sit down with you for two hours or we'll have a Skype session for two hours and we'll go through your budget line by line. We'll look at what you spent and talk about what you want to spend. The goal with that is twofold. One, we want to do the exercise because the exercise is important. Like if there's a hole in the boat and you're spending too much somewhere, we're going to make you have that come to Jesus moment. You're going to look right at it and you're going to have to do your penance and figure out how you need to change your behavior to make your life work. And then the second thing that's great about it is it kind of gives you like a monthly nut. So at the end of the session, you're like, okay, great. If I want to live the life that I want to live, I need to make, you know, thirty-seven fifty each month. And as a freelancer, that's really, really important. Or as a small business owner, that's really important because now you have your income goal. Now you know if you've if you've, you know, made four months worth of your expenses in the first two weeks of a month, you're freaking solid. Like you don't need to be hustling, you don't need to be freaking out. And ultimately that's what I want to remove is I want to remove the opacity of, of finances. So you stop freaking out. Like once you have clarity, there's really no reason to freak out. It's just all about execution from there. The last thing that we offer is a brainstorming session. And oftentimes that's really valuable because people just want to sit down for a couple of hours. They just want to spill their guts, tell me everything that they've got going on. And usually I can give you like three things like, okay, focus on these three things. Those five of the things that you're freaking out about are nonsense. You're needlessly prioritizing those. Those are important, but take care of these three things and then tackle those five things later. Maybe that means we have another brainstorming session six months down the line. It really depends. So those are the ways in which I work with people. Again, if you don't have your taxes done, you need to find an accountant and like do that normally on every year, do your taxes. That's something that is so simple. Like you just pay someone to do it for you. Like you should always have that done. And yes, if you don't have it done, I am virtually waving my finger at you. <laughs> so the site that Parker's talking about is called the hell yeah group.com. And the site itself is just, it's actually, <laughs> it's just fun to go to because it's called the hell yeah group. And <laughs> uh, honestly, seeing you like on the front page and kind of getting a sense of the flavor, I feel like you've done just an extraordinary job of demystifying what you're there for, what you're existing for. And this conversation is so helpful. And I agree with you. Like I was, when I started looking at your stuff, I was like, man, this is a treat. <laughs> wow. It kind of landed to me like, it's enjoyable to read. And it, I, so I'd, I'd be the kind of guy that money was coming in. That part I liked, but I was actually scared to look at money going out. I was intentionally not looking at it, like thinking that if I didn't look, it would be okay. It was very helpful for me to to finally just be invited in. And I feel like that's what your site does is it it removes the monster at the door and just makes it like, okay, look, this is not complicated. This is just methodical. Let's just look at one thing at a time, not the whole thing. Don't get overwhelmed. Let's just look at this one little thing. I think your voice and style just is entirely disarming. So for that, on behalf of everybody, thanks. And for those of you who are listening, what are you waiting for? It's ridiculous. You need to go to the hellyougroup.com right now and, uh, and take a peek. So um, in the time we have remaining, I do have a couple more questions and it actually connects to the individuals who are listening right now. So the folks that even though we're saying all these things and I'm endorsing and saying all these, you know, wonderful pieces, they might be wooed a little bit, but even as I speak, there are other voices, not just the ones in their earbuds, but in their heads that are giving them these negative conversation pieces, like where they're, 
limiting voices that they have to overcome. And I'm wondering, beyond just me trying to endorse you or push the opportunity, what is it that we could be offering these folks that would allow them to hear you differently? I really appreciate you giving me such praise for all of the work that I've done because I work really, really, really hard to make this subject really approachable and to make something that is, it's basically like a very boring salad. And I am trying to make this salad as sexy as possible so that people will at least consider it an option on the menu. So first of all, I just want to thank you for for the praise because I've busted my ass. But I really, I think that if, if me disarming it is not enough, I think that maybe people just need to take their time and, and I hate being such a preacher, but take their time and just kind of sit quietly and figure out what it is, where those voices are coming from that are speaking down to them. What's the root of it? And once you figure out what the root of that is, it's really easy to kind of move forward and not let them hold you back. So ultimately, I'm saying know yourself. What I love about that, too, is kind of embedded in your message is, you know, be gentle. Right. Absolutely. Be, be kind to yourself through the process. It can be daunting at the beginning, but it doesn't have to stay that way. I, again, I feel like you're doing a great job with that. And and I really do hope that as as folks are listening, that they're imagining how they could reinvent their relationship with money. Because I think that that's really what we're talking about here. It's really funny because I approach the way that I work with clients and even the voice that I that I use in, in blog posts and, you know, talking to the world through the web. I think of it as being like the perfect lover. Like I'm abrasive and, and it could be harsh at times, but definitely, you know, like inspiring and tender, you know, like you really have to have that balance. You know what I mean? You have to be able to have really, really good bedside manner with this stuff because people are really wrapping up who they are and, and how valuable they are on the planet with the money that they're earning and their bank balance. And if you ignore that, it's just not going to end well. People are not going to want to hang out with you and talk about money, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so when you have coffee with folks and they, they identify that they have some issue with money, a new relationship they want to have, I'm curious, what is the number one piece of advice that you give them? Like the, the, the kind of like coffee advice, like where you just have a few minutes with them. What do you say that makes a difference? I think that there's a lot of misconception about what I do. It's really not as advice-based as people want it to be, right? People want advice because th- that removes the responsibility from them. Oh, that's, you know what I mean? It's like, here's my problem. Somebody told me how to solve them. What I really do is I help you answer questions and I help you have perspective. So let's zoom out 50,000 foot view of your life. One, what is your goal? What is your ultimate mission here? What are you trying to achieve? What are you trying to accomplish? And it could be anything. It doesn't have to be financial. In fact, it's better if it's not financial because you're probably more of a human if it's not financial. You know, usually it's like, oh, I want to put out this body of work that is just burning inside of me. I need to put it out and I want to get married and have children or something like that. Or I want to have a donut shop in Hawaii when I'm 50 years old, something like that. And once you figure out what your mission is, okay, every decision that you make, financial, non-financial, should I take this job that's full-time or should I keep doing a patchwork of freelance should we get married now? Should we have a wedding? Should I, what should I do? It's, it all needs to answer back to your mission statement and it has to be practical. And a lot of times what I am is kind of just like a lifeguard at the pool. I have sat through so countless hours of boring classes, countless hours of boring meetings, read such horribly boring books and texts and blog posts about all this stuff. 
because I feel like it's my responsibility and my duty to spread it in a way that makes it attractive and consumable to people who are turned off by it. But yeah, so sitting down with coffee, usually I ask enough questions that back, it will back someone up into a corner and the answer will be revealed through the questioning, if that makes sense. I guess I'm kind of like a rabbi. It's funny to me how many references there are to kind of religious metaphor, <laughs> but it, it does, you know, it makes sense to me, especially when you're talking about money. It's such a money can get so tied up to identity and heart and all that stuff. Also 13 years of Catholic school. So, Well, I knew there was something in there. That's great. <laughs> So last question before we're done, and I hope this is just the beginning of a longer friendship. I really, I really dig you, man. You're great. Likewise. The question I have is, paint me a picture for a second. I'll actually give you the last word. We'll end the show this way. But, oh, well, actually, let me say this. Uh, Thehellyeahgroup.com. 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 Go see Paco. Okay, great. So the last question I want to leave with is this. What kind of a future do you think would be possible in this new digital landscape that we're on if creatives actually got their financial caca together like if they really got it together <laughs> what kind of a world could we live in oh wow no one has ever asked me this before if you could see the smile on my face okay so if all of you creatives got your financial caca together this is my goal for my life and i think it's possible for all the creatives out there do you remember like that summer like going into seventh or eighth grade where you would just like lazily wake up whenever you wanted to and kind of just like putz around the house and hang out with your friends and maybe you worked on creative projects that ended up being your life maybe you were learning how to make movies on a camcorder maybe you were learning how to write music with your buddies your life felt like this beautiful endless summer where you had not a worry in the world and you were consumed by the things that just fed you and i really think that if you take the time and got your financial stuff together and created space for it and addressed it and exercised that muscle, you could get that feeling back. And it might not always be 24-7, 365, but it'll be enough. And that that is beautiful. That allows you to get in that flow state. That allows you to pick up new skill sets. That allows you to stop feeling so paralyzed. Um, and it allows you to keep creating that work that's inside of you that needs to come out of you. This is episode seven, season two of Converge, the Business of Creativity podcast. Music today provided by Triple Scoop Music, the leading music service for creative professionals. Find the perfect song for your next project at triplescoopmusic.com. Fastermind.co is home base for all things Converge. It's also where you can find exactly what you need to make real change happen. Like ever want to ditch your not so smart smartphone addiction? Knock that out this week. No kidding. Find out more at fastermind.co. Until then, I'm Dane Sanders. I cannot wait until next time.